0: it's wednesday september 27th on the sleepers podcast presented by uh what are you pouring is that is this rice is this rice in a coffee cup no it's
1: uh just a little granola it's a little oh. little morning breakfast a little parfait. got some granola Got a little bit of uh, plain, not bad Greek yogurt. Going to do a little honey drizzle on this.
0: Wow. People that listen to the audio version of this must love this new segment every day where Carter doesn't talk for 15 seconds and just prepares a meal. Uh, I hope you enjoy your granogurt this morning. Uh, I put this at over under three and a half more days before this shtick ends for you.
1: What's my longest shtick? This Long.
0: is this is up there. I think the I'm bringing something new to eat to open every episode, and you unveil it to me when I click record. Uh, it's a fun little inside joke for me because I never know what it's going to be. But I I feel you're going to run out of things in three and a half days.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's always been things to eat though. Like sometimes it's just been things to drink.
0: Yeah, I mean something to consume. Okay,
1: well if you're challenging me. Probably not the place you want to be.
0: Should we do some like food reviews, like quick couple bite, one star, five star thing? How'd that go down for you?
1: That was pretty good. I do have a take that I think plain, like plain yogurt, plain non fat Greek yogurt is one of the most underutilized versus how foods. Hmm. You can do so much with it. You can make sauces, you can do parfaits like this. You can actually use it as sour cream too. That people most people don't know that
0: and it's damn good. I've never approached a day in my life as a day where I need to make my own sour cream. But good to note, I've got that in the back. You, of my you mind, don't you probably don't reference. like
1: sour cream.
0: I don't like sour
1: cream. Okay, that Why would I, mean, I want that, that was just, minus 9,000.
0: Let's just step back for a second. Why would I ever need cream that is sour?
1: Like, like you, you never had, had sour cream set. on
0: a taco or quesadilla again in, in none of those settings. Am I like, damn, this needs some cream that tastes sour like I just it doesn't doesn't appeal to me. The whole concept of it feels like it's against who I am as a person. So never
1: had a sour cream donut.
0: God, no, no.
1: Oh, so good.
0: Oh, no, no way. Don't ruin donuts with something that's not good. and Doesn't belong on a donut. Uh, by the way, almost like pumpkin patch season. Are you a pumpkin patch family? No, not like a quick trip to the cider mill, like get some donuts and cider. None of that. No, I hate, I hate any,
1: I hate any orchards. Like I don't like apple orchards. I don't like pumpkin patches. I don't like hay rides.
0: I don't like any of that. See, I feel like you would shut down a cider mill function. Like you would be a presence on a, just a, I don't know. The tough part is football, but like, if you could somehow find yourself there on like a Thursday morning where you don't work and you're just like, you know, making a scene, I feel like you would shut it down true i mean not to pull my bluffs card but
1: the city i grew up in for most of my life had like the most famous cider mill that's in this side of the state of michigan called franklin cider mill Mm. so like i did a lot of cider milling at a young age like that was where all the kids wanted to go and meet up so like now i'm like over cider
0: mills Mm. okay noted can i get a quick uh my hair check from you by the way so i'm back to back to the whole little like just shower and don't do anything to it style again felt great about it last week then i did a couple shows with dimers and they made some pretty funny jokes at my expense so i'm pretty in my head about it now like jerry called me uh 90s justin timberlake which i took as a compliment but he intended yeah. as a really mean joke so can i can i just get like a vibe check from you i'm, on this? Rock, like I'm you-
1: rocking with it honestly yeah. you look like a small forward for the new zealand like or the sydney kings or something like that Like it's it's giving it's giving St. Mary's second team all all WCC small forward.
0: That is all I've ever wanted in my life. So thank you. I appreciate you gassing me up Uh, for the haters and doubters out there. I am going to get a haircut later this week. I'm just working on finding somewhere that's not sport clips to get the haircut. Jerry making a
1: hair comment, too, was also insane because I've never seen that man without a hat.
0: I love Jerry. No comment. He's my uh, I love
1: Jerry, too. But does Jerry have hair? Can we confirm he has hair?
0: He's my rival on all of these shows. I have seen him without a hat. Uh, I love Jerry. He has many strengths and a few weaknesses here and there, but many, many strengths. Hey, fun show today. (laughs) We got three topics I'm looking forward to. Uh, The first Big Ten futures market is out and we like to bet. So we're going to talk about what we would bet on. Uh, we're also going to do a, a segment that Discord has asked us to do, which is the best Big Ten team of the past 20 years. That's been a debate in the Discord, so we're going to officially declare who the best Big Ten team has been. And then uh, I also want to talk best villain. That's another one that Discord prompted, but uh, rather than look backwards at best villains, I want to look at this season and say who's going to be the best villain in college basketball. So a college basketball specific three for three day today. Uh, we are going to play your word of the day as well. Just want to make that clear. That is my only priority to this episode is to come up with a good guess for your word of the day. So let's begin the episode, as always, with your favorite comment.
1: Okay, so I got two today. Uh, one is smaller, and I just wanted to comment on it because I thought it was funny. This came from William Bush, uh, and this came on our way too early Final Four predictions episode. But he just commented, everyone is sleeping on Virginia. Have you seen the people they brought in? with a shocked emoji faces like this. Uh, William, we did see who they brought in. That's exactly why we're sleeping on Virginia. Okay, moving on. Uh, MSU fan, Norman over Holloman. You guys are out of your damn mind. He's probably the best defender behind Akins, and we don't even know if Fierce can shoot or defend at a college level. We also don't know if Trey Holloman can shoot or defend at a college level, so we're going to find some things out this season, folks. Let's Let's make that very clear. I don't know what we're projecting upon Trey Holloman. Trey Holloman might end up being a really good Michigan State basketball player for four years, but let's not act like anything we saw freshman year is having him above other guards on this basketball team. That's just being objectively truthful about the situation. So there's there's me there's me commenting on the comments. Greg, would you like to follow up at all?
0: it's just giving like big parent for my kid energy. And like, I get it now I'm a parent. Like I'm going to go to war for my daughter at the first opportunity I get throughout her life. But like, It's just like you're acting like you're the parent of the kid on the high school basketball team that doesn't get enough minutes and you're just like well my kid's a star he needs the opportunity that the star's getting look what my kid would do like Trey Holloman isn't good he wasn't good last year is he going to be good this year it would be a change it would be new if he was good this year I'm not saying it can't happen but I'm saying we don't have to act like it's a given or that he has provided value because he hasn't provided value and most importantly it's perfectly okay to say that guys single single college basketball team in the country does not have 13 good players like you are supposed to have Great players, some good players, and then some guys who don't get off the bench. That's how good basketball teams are supposed to be built. So you don't have to go to war for Trey Holloman being some critical piece to the rotation. It's not being a bad fan. It's not hating to say you just want him to be a really good bench piece. He wants to be a good practice player, and he wants to help Jeremy Fears get ready for the minutes at the backup guard spot. Just Let that happen. Don't be the needy parent who's going to war for your kid. There's no reason. You're still a good fan. Accepting that Trey Holloman is just a bench guy, and that's perfectly okay.
1: Let it be known also Murph will reach a new level of greatness when her coach hits her with something like your double dismount was a bit off. You could have stuck that better. And she looks at you. And then you're like, I mean, Murph, she's spitting that dismount wasn't where it needs to be. That's really gonna take her, that's gonna motivate her. She needs a little bit of hate from the people she loves the most to I reach out.
0: I hope you know how hurtful it is to me that you went with the double dismount as the example here. You could have gone for the bump set spike. You could have gone for plenty of other activities that I would be much more enjoyable as a, as a father to watch than the double dismount. My my apologies. I'll support you in anything you do, honey, but we're not watching pommel horse on YouTube these days. We're watching some other things. Respect that. Is that your comment today? Is that everything? Yeah, that's everything for today. All right. right. Shout out to the comments. Uh, Speaking of comments, we got a lot of interaction on guys, guys yesterday. How do you think guys, guys went? I think guys,
1: guys went better than I could have expected.
0: Can we uh can we unveil some of the mystery behind guy to the world? I feel like guy has already become a critical character in the lore that is sleepers. But uh, so I, I'm not going to reveal too much. We're going to let guy reveal himself whenever guy wants to reveal any elements of his life to people. But the point is, uh, guy texted us at like 730 last night and said, just listen to the segment. It was great. We're renaming breakout stars to breakout guys. We need an over under for how many times Greg says guy in the discord. And then he goes on to say, my dad did get a little apprehensive at the slavery comment. (laughs) Okay. That's my bad, but I was trying to make it unequivocally clear. We are not a pro slavery podcast. So I feel like that's getting lost here.
1: I mean, you could have gone with a lot of other, I mean, there's a lot of other ways could have gone about it, but without, you know, you know, we cater to, we cater to our cater to our, following our followers we cater to people who support us um i mean you went with the most aggressive word that's really in your wheelhouse i'm not saying i'm surprised but uh we definitely not pro-slavery podcast
0: yeah that's all i'm saying is we are we're not pro that that's a bad thing that's all i was trying to say uh but yeah the like now i'm confused by the text from like his guy in the discord is he not i don't see, think guys that, see, in the
1: discord that's the most i think I don't know what the word would be like. Curious thing for me is this guy like follow me, this guy
0: following sleepers, like this guy, this guy in the discord. We we really don't know. I don't think guys in the discord, but I think someone close to guy might be in the discord. That's my feel on this. We need to find this out. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, hey, no pressure guy guy knows exactly what we're hoping for out of guy, which is another rendition of guys guys, which we are on pace for for Thursday. I already can't wait for the next guys guys. So uh, anyways, thanks to everybody who interacted with it. Also, big, big takeaway from this whole trial yesterday uh, lists incredibly easy. People love a good list. Yeah, I. I'm, are you a list guy? I don't think so. Like I'm, I, but I think maybe by default I am. Cause I don't know. We make so much of our content making fun of lists. I don't want to ever be a serious list guy. Like I don't want people to come look for Greg Waddell's list of something. That's not, but I do want to like entertain people with lists like the mid ranks. Yeah. Hopefully I, guys, I, guys. Yeah.
1: I like other people's lists. Like actually for any list, like aficionados out there follow world of Isaac who does a food list.
0: Great stuff. Yeah.
1: We it's like world of immediate. Isaac on
0: this program for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I also, uh, shout out Evan Miyakawa who texted me and said, Hey, just a heads up good list. But, uh, uh my eyes were all over the place reading this. Cause we staggered it like one at the top and then two, three left to right, then four five left to right, instead of like one through five, then one through five on the other side. Uh, and I told him, "Thank you for the feedback. Believe it or not, this is true. I genuinely set it up that way, trying to make fun of lists. <laughs> like I'm trying to just like put little subtle hints that I think lists are kind of dumb in there. But I think I may have confused people. People may not have also
1: also hilarious that so the person that texted you is Evan Miyakawa, who factors in if the wind is moving southwest at 90 degrees and how it's going to affect Baylor's five out
0: offense. I love Evan for the record, Evan uh, Evan Miyakawa. As wonderful. do I one of the best resources for everything I do with daily picks is so go, go peep that support. Evan Miyakawa. one of the best in the biz. All right. Uh, let's go to the discord. Shall we, by the way, um, (laughs) shout out to coy who I think is recruiting in the discord for us. That that was a development from yesterday. We got like a spam alert that I thought our discord was being attacked. I thought there was like counter-terrorism happening. And then Coy was just like, oh no, that's me. I had some downtime at work. So I'm, I'm hitting up people that haven't paid, but joined the discord. Like Coy, let's go, man. I appreciate you. And it works by the way, we got a, a new, new user in the discord. So um, again, if you're, if you're joining, if you're thinking about joining, but haven't gotten all the way there, we would really appreciate it. Number one and two hit us up. I, give us some questions let us know why you're considering but not over the over the cliff yet
1: right let us let us know what will
0: get you in there yeah yeah we're flexible pause yeah i mean if you want more of guy we could make that happen (laughs) if you there's other things just let us know we're flexible uh okay coy starts us off today with comments and says uh the top glue guy definition he has to start he has to be a plus defender and or rebounder. He cannot be a primary ball handler. He cannot be a top three usage guy on the team. And then he gives Demonte Williams as his all-time glue guy. Uh, do you like those criteria better than the criteria we went with, which is just less than 10 points per game?
1: Uh, Yeah, because I, I spoke about it when we were actually going through the list. Like, to me, glue guys are guys that actually do fill up the stat sheet and and indirectly affect when uh, affect winning and play on really good basketball teams so like demonte williams mark Vidal, those type of guys shit honestly i know it was shouted out um actually to somebody who responded to our tweet but anton watson f- falls in that category for me like on them really good gonzaga teams he was like one of the guys who did a lot of things that the other guys did not do and uh it led to winning basketball so yeah i do like that um I do like that comparison. Demonte Williams is one of the all-time blue guys. Like, that's the mold. Yeah. Ty Rogers should be a way better version of Demonte Williams, but they want to play him at point guard. Just letting that be known.
0: Yeah, I, I like the Demonte call-out. I uh, I think I'd still stick with my or our criteria over that criteria, though. But I get where Koi's going with that. Uh, I, I really do. Like, I kind of talked myself into it, but, like, I, I think there can be different types of glue like uh, in this, in a sense, I think the two point guards at the top of the list are glue guys for their team because they define how their team plays and they're like, they could be score first guys, but they're not. Um, but I don't know. Usage is an interesting one because we don't want like ball dominant guys to necessarily be in there. And we did include two of them. So I don't know. I'm kind of all over the place on that. Anton Watson though. I think he scores too much. I think he's too much of a primary option. Even if you think he does the other things, he was 11 a game last year and, this year he might be 14 15 again.
1: Yeah, I guess. So I was speaking more to I guess to like 2 years ago Anton Watson. Yeah,
0: that's fair. The the prototype, the archetype of Anton Watson more so than yeah. what he's actually been doing now. Right. Uh Ryan the Lion comes in with some spice. He says, "Was I the only one who thought IO was overrated AF?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Ryan. IO was IO was ridiculous. He, he goes on to elaborate and says, like, he was good, but I'm taking Kofi over him every time. And then uh, a lot of people responded, starting with Coy, of course, our, our in-house Illinois go-to, who just said no immediately to that. Just shut down the idea of Kofi over Io. I think that's more interesting than Coy's making it sound. That, no,
1: that's an argument. I'm willing to argue the Kofi over Io thing. I will listen to that. I think that's a fair argument, and there's definitely points you could make for both sides. The I.O. overrated thing is something I will not discuss and I don't think should be discussed in any circles.
0: Here's what I would compare it to across the conference. I think I.O. is basically Jaden Ivey. And maybe you got one extra year of him. But, like, like I'm not remembering Jaden Ivey or I.O. as these legendary Big Ten players. I am remembering Kofi Coburn as that. And I am remembering Purdue Biggs as that. Like I, I O was a really good guard who had a clutch gene for one season, and that Illinois team was pretty damn good. Uh, that's exactly how I feel about Jaden Ivey. They came, they went, they were out. <laughs> like, yeah, well, Kofi stayed all four years too. Yeah, but I think that's part of it, right? Io, Io truly yeah. never really did accomplish anything crazy, and it doesn't also, like he was why do well. I want to say that
1: I O had better
0: numbers than Jaden Ivy like ever ever had at his peak? We get a number check. I know we're not a, a numbers podcast, but.
1: I'll check IO. Can you check
0: uh, Jane Ivy? Now you're making me do work. Sorry. Okay. I'll do
1: IO. I got it. So let me, let me let me handle this one real quick. All right. I'm,
0: I'm going to move on while you look up some numbers. Okay. Uh, Dero's SAT just elaborates. He said, I think it's hard not to feel disappointment or underachievement when a fan base's best recent team loses early in the NCAAs, like IU in 2013 losing to Syracuse as a one seed. Uh, we're going to talk about some teams from this era later in this episode, and I, I'm curious how March performance will affect that. Ryan Lyon elaborates on his Io takes. He says, I just don't think Io is first team All-American level good. He was solid, but Cassius Winston wasn't first-team All-American as a senior, and his season was way better than Io's was. Or even Carson Edwards, I don't think was first-team All-American. I could be wrong, though.
1: Okay, so um, let's see. Io, best year, junior year, 26-5. and
0: That's crazy. Wow.
1: Yeah. Also, the year before that, he averaged 16 4 the Four and three, and the year
0: before that, 14, 4 and 3. What did Kofi average on that team? Like if if I was at 26 and five, what was Kofi doing that year?
1: I oh, don't know. I gotta check that out. Also, sorry, that that last year of Io was
0: special. He was shooting 49% from the field and 40% from three. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm sorry. I I take back all IO disrespect. That season individually was way better than I remember it being. Yeah, I didn't know it was 20 but i think i think that's part of the problem with remembering io though it's like how can he be that good and non illinois fans barely remember it you know like they're just there was never like an io moment i guess
1: yeah sorry now you got me looking up kofi kofi stuff here kofi that same year was averaging 20 and 11
0: wait they had two guys that averaged 20 a game on the same team
1: wait I'm sorry, wait I'm sorry, wait he... no way no way. Okay, hold on. Because the Kofi stat, that was from 2021, 2022, where he averaged 20 and 20 and 10. And then IO was. I said, did I say 2021,
0: 2022? Or did I, what did I say? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Damn it
1: okay so 2020 2021 for IO and then for Kofi sorry Kofi was 2021 2022 but the year that IO averaged that uh Kofi averaged 18 in 10.
0: that's insane they had a 20 point scorer and an 18 point scorer per game <laughs> that's insane yes. what is it did did that is that the year they won the big 10? Like don't tell me that team finished like fourth in the Big Ten and didn't do shit in the tournament. No, I
1: think that's the year they won, 2020,
0: 2021. Well, I'm sorry, Michigan won that year. Oh, sorry. I just I I I'm just remembering. I'm just okay. remembering. Okay. Uh okay. I mean, tough, tough break, crazy individual numbers. But if like if the guy makes one sweet sixteen, we probably remember things differently, right? Like Man, that's tough. Iowa's good. Moving on. Uh, that just made hey, me realize Illinois fans don't have it as bad as they make it seem. I would argue that's that's worse than they make it seem when you actually remember how good these players are and they got nothing to show for it. Yeah, true, I guess. Big Ten banners, but um, ugh, man. Uh, Ulamog says, bro, what the F was that slavery segment? And then I told him, I am your slave, Ulamog. Uh, <laughs> are you willing, like I am, to sign up to be Ulamog's slave or no? Oh. No. Okay, I'm just, just want to know like what are the lengths you got? Here? We got to move past we slavery. Have to get okay, should we I ban myself? Ban myself from that word from now on? Okay, yeah.
1: But for the folks out there that are concerned about it, technically Greg probably does more work on sleepers, so I'm kind of giving my reparations. Yeah. uh in this
0: situation, so. Yeah. Uh, Ulamog says, here's his spin. You are supporting slavery if you don't join the discord. <laughs> Greg and Carter are doing work for free. You might as well be paying the poor chaps. I don't endorse that message for the record. Uh, again, I do because he called us chaps. <laughs> Uh, Travis Nelson said this comment right here is only for Greg to reply to when his wife or family need his attention. I appreciate that. Uh, honestly, for the record this morning, my daughter woke us up at five in the morning. She never does that. She normally sleeps through the night. And I don't know, for whatever reason, she was ready to go this morning. Uh, wife got out of bed and handled it while I read the discord. comments. <laughs> so this maps, it's true. Ethan Basilla says he kind of liked Tum Tum. That's all. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think he restored a sense of faith in the program and he got a sophomore year redacted based off friendship. So he's forever okay in my book.
0: My thing is, honestly, looking back on it, I think we underrated how special Tum Tum was spiritually because he had some guys doing Bible study that are never. Ever going to do Bible study again. And That was like, I mean, I just, you can go to use on a couple of teams with some guys who've had a couple of issues, whether that involves their porn star girlfriends or, <laughs> or other things. Uh I just, I don't know. He had a lot of guys doing Bible study. That's all I'm saying. I don't think he should be remembered as bum bum, which is what you call him.
1: I, well, Half of that is just kind of how funny it is. Like, you you realize that got a couple laughs out of it when you say it. Like, someone says, what do you think about Tum Tum? You go, oh, bum bum. Like, it's funny.
0: It's funny. It's really unfair, though.
1: True. Knows True. It's a- also, it's, it's very unfair to future assistant basketball coach of Michigan State, Tum Tum Nairn.
0: Everybody knows I'm a tum tum guy. I'll go to war for my guy. I think he I said I would too. I think he they, had a lot more value than people. So you're redacted. Give him credit for. Also, uh, if NIL was a thing back when he was there, he would have had a crazy deal with Tums. A crazy deal. And nice. I would have loved that as a student and a full time Tums user. <laughs> yeah, you
1: I didn't realize until we went on that Big Ten Road trip how much you consume Tums. Like I feel like you go through a thing of Tums probably in a month. Well, that was the old me. Oh. True. Sorry, forgot. Yeah that ready. that
0: was me before I ran and ate fruit. Now I have no use for tums. I feel like I don't even know you anymore. I know things, things have really changed here. Uh, Craig says he doesn't use it for cold foam because he doesn't drink coffee. Parentheses built different, but don't hate on the mixing tool. Those are elite.
1: They are very elite. Like you could use it, don't you? Doesn't Merck do formula? Yes. And do you just shake it? Yes. You could you could definitely use the mixer too.
0: But then you got to clean the mixer. That's an extra step.
1: Yeah, true. It's a great tool though. It's very versatile.
0: Your uh, shout out to your wife, Queen Meg, who uh, I believe watches a lot of our episodes because she was watching last night and gave you some shit for just I mean for lack of a better term here putting the mixer in your mouth. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Pro-
1: and also I didn't wash it. I <laughs>
0: just probably shouldn't be doing that maybe no mixer etiquette from you like people say i have bad beach etiquette do you have bad mixer etiquette you have bad beach etiquette i have horrible beach etiquette yeah it's a thing what's
1: that mean like you kick sand on
0: people there's gonna be sand everywhere everywhere when i'm Uh at the beach yeah like I, i don't get i don't get how you're supposed to put a beach towel down on the sand and not get sand on the towel i've never been able to solve that at all um i don't know just that and like you know, I've, the sun and me don't mix well. Not a sun guy. I I think he's overrated. I, like, respect his work at times, but most of the time I think he's providing negative energy to the world. And, uh, you, you know, he has such a prominent presence on beach days that it, it gets hard for me not to get in my own head. Respect. Yeah, it is what it is. Matt F. says his two biggest pet peeves for drivers. One, when getting on a ramp, or an exit during heavy traffic, and assholes try to merge last second to avoid waiting with everyone else. This also causes traffic to be worse as everyone has to brake for them to merge. Yep, 100%. And number two, tailgate you in the passing lane while you're passing cars and going over the speed limit. Also
1: very, very annoying. Want to add another third while we're on the topic of driving that actually came to me yesterday. Any student driver that has the student driver sticker on their car grow up because the world you you can't part of driving is just driving the normal car why we got your training wheels on you you ain't a student driver anymore you ain't a new driver take the take the damn bumper sticker off and drive like the rest of us
0: i feel like we could do weeks of your issues with other drivers i had no idea you were a road rage guy but but that's it's interesting because you and i have been in cars with each other so many times for miles and miles and hours and hours And I don't feel like you're an angry driver. Not until I'm provoked. But I do feel like in general, you can be an angry person. So I would expect like if you actually have all these negative feelings to other drivers that they would come to the surface a little more. I mean, when the bear is poked, the bear acts up. I'm the bear. You just don't think the bear has been poked when we're together? Yeah. Huh. Huh. Okay. Interesting. uh, I'm going to be on red alert whenever we make our next road trip. I'm going to be on red alert. Uh, Tristan Freeman comes in to the discord with uh, the tweet of the bear that is just eating everything on the table. Um, And then he says, what is the biggest animal that you would fight off if they did this to you? For me, I think I could fight off a cheetah.
1: Okay. First of all, no. What Tristan, a (laughs) cheetah, a cheetah would
0: tear Tristan's ass up. I'd like to spend one day in Tristan's brain. Truly um just one not more i think more would be dangerous to my sanity and my health but one day i'd love to know what it's like
1: but also based on tristan's diet the cheetah might get like two bites in and say this isn't that good and then just go find some go find someone a little more more nutritious
0: i think that i would fight off like a i think it would have to be a bird animal like a
1: large bird Ooh, no, I'm scared of birds, like big birds, like an
0: eagle attacking you or something. Oh, not not like one of those. I'm talking like a ground based bird, like a pigeon, like a ground based bird, uh, a peacock. Yeah, like one of those, like one of those little I, wobbling birds. That's what about not an ostrich? Airborne. I think I could. I, OK, I'm not saying I could. I'm saying I would attempt to take an ostrich if needed in this situation. OK, I could rock with that.
1: I think I would. That'd be a pretty good pick. Like I could go, I could score with a flamingo for sure.
0: Yeah, um,
1: I Just wouldn't a ground, fear that.
0: A ground-based bird, like yeah. I but like also chances.
1: that animal, the the bear that they're referring to. If anyone hasn't seen this video, I've seen labs bigger than that bear. If that bear got on my table. Like I would easily square up with that bear. That that would not be an issue.
0: But also, like I'm, I'm not a fight guy. Everybody knows that. Like my whole aura screams, I'm not a fight guy. But like. I would not actually fight any animal in this spot because like I've been around your dog, who is the smallest dog I've ever seen in person. I'm terrified of your dog. I hate that. I mean, like if Pierre want, if Pierre wants beef with me, I'm running away from Pierre. That's the problem. I
1: mean, have you ever thought to yourself if Benji snapped, Would he be able to kill you? No. I see. I think if he snapped, he would kill you.
0: It, there's it, I don't think it's possible.
1: Okay. You're really sleep.
0: I his first move would have to
1: be the killer move. His teeth are like this. Like one of Benji's he he'd, like
0: he'd have to get me at like if Benji if Benj came after me at night when I'm full asleep and said I'm going for one bite for the kill. If he got that bite in the right spot, then maybe. But if I wake up to a miss from him, it's over for him. Like that's that's all it would be. So he has one shot. I'm not saying he couldn't do it. But I would put it at like twenty percent chance he could get me in that situation. That's crazy. What I mean, if you flip that with Pierre, what do you think? No, because he's just too small. Benji's small though. Like Benji's, Benji's got big. wingspan. He's not, he's not big. He's not big. If
1: Benji gets on his hind legs, he can put his two front legs on your shoulders. Can he not? Barely. Okay, Barely. that. If Pierre did that, he's getting to my
0: shin. He's not big. He. I don't think he's getting. He'd ha- again, one shot, he'd have to get me. Uh, fam replies to the bear tweet and says, Whoever's casually filming this is a savage. Uh, why do I feel like that would be you in this spot? <laughs> like, yeah, it like- would be me. Yeah, I feel like you'd be out for content in that scenario and not solutions. Yeah. And then a uh, final comment of the day. This one, I, I appreciate this comment so much. We're talking bears. We're talking mixing tools. We're talking bum bums, all these jokes. And then Malik just comes in at 821 in the morning and says, what if for the exhibition games, we start Booker and Carr? I feel like Hall is still not fully ready on all levels. <laughs> Your thoughts? I love the mindset, Malik. I do. I truly do. Always ready for it. Always. Uh, do you? Do you have an actual response to that? I do kind of like the idea of
1: that, to be honest with you. I wouldn't mind it, uh, especially because the exhibition is coming against some pretty good competition in Tennessee. So, uh, and a Tennessee team that, if I'm not mistaken, they got a lot of front court depth as well. So, I think it'd be a good, maybe a good test for them. But also, if you want to take the Caton Kinnick method, you don't want to throw your young bulls into the fire like
0: that. They don't got enough front court depth because they're best front court players in Ann Arbor now. But, um, Maybe they got some other guys. I don't know. I I would not do that, at least not game one. That is a lineup I hope we see at some point, though. But uh, I think Izzo's going to be loyal to Malik. My thing is, I think Malik Hall is way better served as like a do-everything sixth man than he is a starter. I think he's had plenty of opportunities to be a starter at Michigan State. Uh, For years, people wanted him to basically take Joey Hauser's spot and push Joey to the bench. Joey got a lot better. Malik never did. So maybe that leap comes in the final year for Malik. I know he's had injuries. I know he's had um, some other stuff going on as well. But to me, I don't don't think Michigan State's at their best if Malik Hall is in like a 30-minute role on this team. I think he – honestly, can I do my whole Michigan comp thing I always do? He reminds me of like perfectly halfway, 50% in between Brandon Johns and Isaiah Livers. That's how I view Malik Hall. And people want him to be Isaiah Livers. But he's fifty percent Brandon Johns. <laughs> like he's more useful than Brandon Johns ever was. But that's just not a guy you can count on to be a thirty-minute starter. And now there's these higher ceiling, more talented guys that, uh, for me, I would be rooting for Malik to play a bench role behind these guys.
1: You might get a lot of pushback on that comp, but that's honestly insanely correct.
0: Yeah, isn't it? Doesn't it feel right? Yeah,
1: like, yeah. That feels. That's right
0: he's halfway between like he has games where he's Isaiah livers and it's awesome. And then he has three weeks at a time where he's Brandon Johnson. And you're like, dude, what is going on? So yeah. um, hopefully he puts it together. Cause that could be a really good player, but I think there's some things there that scare you a little bit. So, all right. Fun day. Thanks. Comment section. Appreciate you. Uh, we've got three topics to get to today, starting with some betting talk, big 10 futures. Uh, I don't even know what book this is. I got this because Dylan Burkhardt, uh, you a... Oh, it's Bavada. Okay. Yeah, don't ask me why I know that. <laughs> That's terrifying to me. Bavada has now released their uh, odds for Big Ten regular season champion. And I'm intrigued. I'll just say that. Let's go through the important ones here. Purdue is the favorite, no surprise, plus 220. Michigan State, plus 260. Then you've got a big drop to Illinois at plus 800, Indiana, plus 800. Maryland plus 900, Wisconsin 10 to one, Ohio State 12 to one, Michigan falls in here eighth at 20 to one, Northwestern 25 to one, Iowa 30 to one, Rutgers 30 to one. and then you've got the three long shots beneath that that we don't need to spend time talking about. So uh what do you make of this? I want at the end of this segment, I want like you have three bets to make. And what I, are your three bets? But what I was are you... gonna say,
1: I have an idea for this and how we want to approach this. How you how? have a hundred you, you have a hundred dollars. Okay. You can spend that a hundred however you want. You can split it up between four or five teams. You could put a hundred dollars on Purdue to win it all. And that's how I kind of want to look at this. Um, because I don't want to go out and say, like, I mean, the safe pick, I think the obvious thing right here, if I had a hundred dollars, I put fifty on Purdue and fifty on Michigan State. And I'd be feel pretty good about one of those teams winning the Big Ten. And I would win maybe not as much money, but I win a little bit of money. But that's that's not fun. I want to leave myself ten dollars left over to sprinkle on something a little bit long, shoddy, something to make me feel something on a on a on a nice February twelfth game on Wednesday. I would sprinkle on the Ohio State Buckeyes. I truly would because I think they have the talent. And I was also doing a little schedule peaking as well. Do not think their schedule is that hard. I think they have some very like, you know, God, leap here, here is losing it behind me. Sorry. Um, I think that they have some pretty favorable games in there. And I think they have the talent to compete in the Big Ten. And the fact that you can get them at plus, what is it, $1,200? i would be willing to throw like a little 10 bucks on that to go along with my split between Purdue and Michigan state. But I think the easy answer here is getting Purdue, the team that won last year and got better this season at plus two twenty is, is the play.
0: Okay. Uh, so you're the, the way you want me to approach this is if I had a hundred dollars, how would I bet it? Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, if I had a hundred dollars, I would go to the store and I would buy a box And then I would come home. And then in that box, I would put every important item that I own. I would put my car keys, my house keys. I would put my social security number in card form. I would put driver's license, identification, passport, everything that matters to me as a person. I would put in this box that I just bought for $100. Then I would drive to... Hmm, Who do I want to use? I I don't know who yet. Maybe my father. I would drive to my father's residence, which is now in town, and I would offer up this box with every important element of my life in it. And I would say, here's all these important things I have. I need $5,000 from you, and I'll give you this box as collateral. I am going to take $5,000 and make us both rich. But I need a five thousand dollar loan. Here's my box of collateral. My dad would say, "Okay, here's five thousand dollars, son. I'm holding on to your collateral though, and I'm gonna ruin your life if you ruin this." I would then take the five thousand dollars that my father just gave me, and I would put five thousand dollars on Purdue plus two twenty to win the Big Ten. <laughs> this is this is ridiculous. Like how how. How is this team 220? I don't understand it. They were so clearly head and shoulders above every other team in the Big 10 last year. They return everybody that matters and also add some splashy things that might solve some of their issues. We've talked about it at length, but the only thing that makes sense to me here is if if you truly believe Michigan State is on par with Purdue. You got one at plus 220 and then you got one at plus 260. So Vegas is operating as if this is just like a very close race. And then there's a huge drop off to everybody else. No disrespect to Michigan state. I think they're a great team. I think they're top five team in the country. I don't think it's that close for the big 10. I just don't, I think Michigan state is going to, um, you know, have more toss up games against the middle of the pack teams in this league. than Zach Eadie's team is, and that's not disrespectful. Michigan state can be really good out of conference. They can be really good in the conference, but they play once this year. It's in Mackey. If I was handicapping this, I would have made Purdue like plus one thirty, plus one forty at most. I would have had Michigan State more around plus three hundred, and then I would have everybody else above ten to one. Like I can't even believe like Illinois and Indiana are eight to one. I think that's horrible value for for teams that are really far behind the two at the top. So yeah, that's what I would do. Um, I, If you want me to consider some long shots. I wouldn't advise doing this cuz I don't think there's a world where a team that's not Purdue or Michigan State wins this league. But um I think the best value of the middle of the pack teams is Maryland or Ohio State. I like Maryland 9 to 1. I think that team should have better odds than Illinois and Indiana and they don't. And then I think Ohio State at 12 to 1 underneath Wisconsin is a little crazy to me. So This does beg this Dylan UM hoops uh, made a good point like he wishes there was a thing you could almost like buy and sell your bets like a stock market situation because if I could bet on Maryland or Ohio State being better this season than their odds suggest they should be and then cash it out in the middle of the season I would love to bet on that but there's just no reason to bet them to win the Big Ten because Purdue or Michigan State is going to do that
1: uh I will say the plus 130 to plus 300 Michigan state is a a little bit disrespectful but I understand the sentiment I I agree with you 100% that getting Purdue at plus 220 after what they did last season and uh for all intensive purposes getting better this season um the, getting them at plus 220 and them only being you know like a 40 odd difference between that and Michigan state is crazy um what do you think it but, should be
0: then like if, if my proposed odds were were off to you what do you think it should be between those two
1: well i think if i mean not to be petty but like if Purdue's 130 i think like michigan state should be within a hundred of those odds so like plus 230
0: okay i don't hate that
1: yeah uh for some reason the the extra whatever it was like the extra 170, that, that just didn't sit right with me.
0: I don't hate that. I, I was trying to think, like, what would I need Michigan State's odds at for me to bet them? And I think, like, if it was 3-1, to one, I would think that's good value.
1: Could could also get great odds with my theory that Purdue's not going to care as much about the regular season this year.
0: Yeah, I, get, I mean, it would all come down to Painter getting too cute, like we said the other day. Like, is he resting guys that he shouldn't be resting? But, I mean, look, man, they ran away with the league last year. They ran away with the league last year Northwestern finished fourth in this conference last year like how many games
1: did they how many games did they win by like compared to second place
0: uh I'll look that up I want to say it was at least two two or three
1: cool. this two or three are you calling that running away with it
0: yeah they went 15 and five and Indiana Northwestern tied for second at 12 and eight there were well, hold on there were 9 teams in this conference that had between 8 and 10 losses one of them was really michigan. bad year last year for the big ten well it's going to be the same or worse right like we we just did the whole top 25 players thing and we're very underwhelmed by everything across the board in this conference so yeah but no but i, no, I but, I, but
1: I think ohio state will be better i think maryland will be better i think michigan state will be better
0: but but that's not those teams being better doesn't disrupt Purdue being, like, separated from the pack, though, right? Like, if, if Ohio State's better and they get two extra wins against Nebraska and Minnesota this year, that's not threatening Purdue. See, no, but I think that those teams
1: getting better can affect Purdue. Like, those teams being bad – those teams were bad last year, in my eyes, and some of those bad teams almost beat Purdue. So, I am i don't know. I, I think – I I agree with you. I think we're on the same page with Purdue being, you know, uh, the top tier in this conference. I think you're stretching a little bit too far. Like they're just unbeatable by other teams in this conference.
0: Not unbeatable. I've said, I think three losses wins this league this year. I think, I think you got to go 17 and three. I think Michigan state and Purdue are both likely to go 15 and five or better. And whoever wins that one game is going to have a big leg up. But like, I think all the other teams are looking at eight losses or more again. There's going to be a big middle of the pack. So it's really take your pick between Purdue and Michigan State. And like I said, I'm just, I'm very surprised. I'll be curious. I know it's Bavada. I'll be curious if DraftKings and FanDuel come out, if it's similar, because yeah. there's a gap there. There's a small gap. Judging off
1: Bavada odds, it should be different oh. on on others. They're they're a little quirky with that, I would say. But so so before we do move on to the next topic, so you don't think the Big Ten Conference is better this year? No. Okay. Well, but why, But is that because Purdue
0: is better? than Sorry, they were last year. I, I should. I should redefine this. I was interpreting that question you're asking right now as if we're looking at it outside of the top two, like because I'm I'm taking it in the conversation of does it is it harder or easier for Purdue to win this league this year? And you can throw Michigan State in there too. If we're just taking the conference as a whole, I think the league is better because. I think Purdue's better, and I think Michigan State's better. I don't think anybody else, like Maryland and Ohio State are better. Yeah, on paper, they should be. I would hope Ohio State's better than a 5 and 15 team. <laughs> like Mar- Maryland went 11 and nine. Are they 13 and seven this year? Maybe. That's a great year if it happens. But like that, to me, the middle of this pack is it's all interchange. Like Illinois should be around the same, if not worse, in my opinion. Michigan got worse. Uh, Rutgers got worse. Iowa got worse. So all these middle of the pack teams, I, I think as a whole are not posing a bigger challenge to the best teams than they did last year. The league goes through the top two It goes through Purdue and Michigan state. That is what will define this league, both in and out of the conference. And I think it's fair to say the big 10 is stronger, mostly because of Michigan state's lead that they should take. But, um, no, as far as like threatening Purdue, they're going to have as easy of a time in this conference as they did last year like 15 and 5 what they did last year I think is the lowest possible outcome for Purdue in conference play this season and if you're going to threaten them you better find a way to go 16 and 4 or better and Michigan State's the only team that could but again a lot of work to do to get to 16 and 4 for this Michigan State roster okay. got you is that fair or
1: you disagree I, with that I, I don't i don't I... It's because when you explain it to me, yes, like I agree with you, it's fair, but I I just don't know. Uh, I just think, okay, I guess this is where I'm coming from. I think that Ohio State and Maryland's leaps are not from because you mentioned that Ohio State was what, 515 last year? Yeah, that what it was. I don't think it's like a leap to like a middle of the pack team. I think like Ohio state's taking a leap into like top four type territory. So they're going to be like that much better. Um, But that also doesn't challenge the whole, like at worst, those top two teams are going to go 16 and four or, or, or 15 and five, whatever, 16 and five, whatever the conference schedule is. Um, But when you just look at it individually on a team standpoint, even though Purdue got better and Michigan State got better, the fact that the other there are some teams you could pick out that got better, they'll be able to challenge those teams, but then you kind of counter counteracted that with the whole you know the Iowas aren't going to be able to challenge as much as they want to, and the Rutgers aren't going to be able to challenge as much as they want to. so I think I'll still stick with the Big Ten as better as a conference, but also like you're you're right at the same time. I think we're both right.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I just think like there's more teams in that middle of the pack that got worse than got better to me. Like Northwestern's way worse. Uh like they're going to lose Hadige and that hurts. Indiana's way worse. They lost T.J.T and Xavier. Uh Iowa way worse, lost Keegan Mur- or Chris Murray. Michigan way worse, lost everybody. Rutgers way worse, lost their two best players. So like that's the yeah. whole that's the whole middle of the pack. And we're picking out Maryland and Ohio State just cuz Shit! Ohio State lost their best player. <laughs> like,
1: oh, did they? Their
0: most talented player. That's what you tell yeah, me.
1: Okay, so, I was gonna say that. That was,
0: I was about to warm my heart more than you know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. We'll see. I, yeah, it's gonna take a special year. And uh, plus two twenty. Really? <laughs> plus plus two twenty. You, I'll scoop that up. So last fast, last man.
1: thing, last last thing. How many Big Ten teams finish in the top twenty five at the end of the season? Two. Two.
0: Okay. I, yeah, I won't get cute. Uh, I think it's two.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go, th- I'm gonna go three
0: Maryland or Ohio State.
1: I think one of those two finds a way in the top
0: 25. I think those are the only two that could, and Illinois, I guess. I- I'd say those five have a chance, but
1: does your theory go to shit if like we get four top 25, ten- top 25 big 10 teams, or-, or will
0: that just reflect the country not being good? I just think. I think we fall for this every year with the big 10. At least we have the last three or four years. Like they end up with five, six teams in the top 16 and they're supposed to be great and nasty. And then it gets to crunch time and it doesn't happen. And we, I mean, I think we've broken down what, what the issues are, but, um, I think there's a lot of opportunity in a 20 game schedule in this conference to look better than you are. Cause you're racking up wins against Minnesota and Nebraska and <laughs> there's a lot of winnable games, man. Like if you have a pulse, if you have a pulse, you should win 12 games in this conference is how I feel. And there's yeah. a lot of teams that don't have a pulse that are going to look like they have a pulse. Cause they scratch and claw like Michigan was horrible last year. Right. That's we're, we're comfortable saying that horrible team, right? Yeah. 11 and nine in the big 10 last year. It's insane. Like this conference isn't good and it's they lost so much talent, they're not gonna be good again. It's on Purdue and Michigan State, and to a lesser extent, the Matthew Meyer Illinois team. So, who knows? Should be fun. Okay, uh, moving on. Best Big 10 team of the past 20 years. Fun little hypothetical here. There's been tons of good ones. Some of the names that have been called out in our Discord include the Indiana team of. Uh, Oladipo, Zeller, Wofford, Hulls, the Michigan teams back-to-back of Burke Stauskas Hardaway and then Stauskas Levert, GR3. Uh, Michigan State's redacted Cassius Winston team. If you wanted to, you could probably put the Cassius Winston-Xavier Tillman team as well in there. I would even accept the Denzel Valentine-Bryn Forbes Michigan State team that was very good. Uh, Going down the list, Wisconsin. Sam Decker, Frank Kaminsky, nasty team, made a national championship game. Um, Illinois, if you wanted to, I would listen to like an I.O. Kofi year after we read that team's numbers. I don't think we're going all the way back to the D. Brown Luther head era. I know we said like best of 20 years, but. Uh, I think we would probably just pick the DeBron Luther head team if that, if they were included. So let's yeah. go. Post. I, think,
1: I think we're probably keeping it like the, the in the, in the tens, 2010s, 2020, yeah. if you want
0: to pick one of those teams, let's go post that year then. And then uh, I, I don't know that I mentioned it, Purdue, the Jaden, Ivy, Travion, Williams, Zach Eady year. I think last year's Purdue team deserves mention here. And uh, if you wanted to include one of the Thad Mata Ohio state years, I wouldn't fight you on it, but I don't know which one it would necessarily be because I'm not counting the Odin Conley year. And outside of that, I don't think they had a, I mean, a they team.
1: probably pick like what, like Dwayne Washington Liddell.
0: I, that that doesn't belong in this tier. No offense, but Was Malachi think, on that team. Y- you know, maybe, no, th- maybe,
1: wait, no, I don't think so. Because I think, Liddell came back for another year, but Washington left. And I think Liddell played one more year with Malachi, if I'm not confused, but I might be wrong on that.
0: That sounds right to me, but okay, yeah, it, no, that was never like a dominant team though. Yeah. All these oh, other teams. Had a- also
1: walking that through, if you are picking that team over the, all the teams we just named, you, you probably need a little bit of help.
0: Yeah. All those other teams had a run or a dominant regular season. So what, what's your answer here? Who's the best Big Ten team of the 2010s and on?
1: because I like to bend segments all the time. I'm going to do that really quickly here. Um, my favorite team of all time, favorite, just favorite the Cassius, Xavier Tillman, McQuaid, that team. That was, that's my favorite. That was, that was a, a moment, a euphoric moment in my life. I loved everything about that team. I love the run. I love the players. It was, it, it was a perfect situation. The best team to me, is the redacted year like Cash redacted Jaron? That that team was just disgusting. Langford that, that that talent wise that was just a really really good basketball team. Don't look at the results. Talent crazy. That's I'm just throwing that out there. You actually um, you
0: actually think that team's ahead of the other nasty teams though because they're I think there's like one from each school that belongs right up there and I. I don't think I would put. Would you
1: put? Would you put the Would you put the the team that lost to Middle Tennessee ahead of that team?
0: No, on paper. If we're just going like on paper, the team itself assembled. Like maybe you got to stretch the hypothetical a little bit and say like if they played a seven game series against these other teams, who would win? I think the team with Cash and Bridges and Jaron would redacted would win. I think I think that team would win in like six against the Zell and Brynn team. So but I I don't th- like if you if you made that team play a seven game series against the best Michigan team, the best Wisconsin team, the best Purdue team. I don't think they win many of those series. Uh,
1: I'd have to look at it. I mean, shit, Cassius and Cassius was playing some of the best Michigan teams and he did beat y'all. So
0: Cassius did not have a great record against Michigan. I don't know why you're throwing that out as a number. He was basically 500 against Michigan in his career, even though he had the more talented team three of the four years. Was he basically 500? You know that for a fact? Uh, yeah, this was like a big thing because that's it's why oh, you you, you, you know what? No, it
1: was because it was a huge thing coming into that last, either the last year or the year before, and then we run three straight. Cassius won three straight, right?
0: Yeah, because there was a year where Michigan swept you guys, and I think it was—I think it was the year you're talking about—the team that was nasty lost to Michigan twice, and then the following year they swept Michigan. So yep. it kind of it kind of evened out. But before that, cat, there was a point in Cassius' career where he was like, I think one and three against Michigan, and yeah, it didn't look great. Yeah, I think I would. Uh,
1: I mean, I don't think you could argue with those, like those Michigan teams. Like the Trey are we talking like Trey Burke Stauskas?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, that team's obviously partial in my heart. Like that's my favorite team. Like flipping your thing around, but I guess I'm trying to envision a world. I, you know, in in truth, I think the Stauskas led team was actually a little bit better than the Burke led Michigan team was. For whatever reason, the Burke led team, like really hit a wall in conference play and I never figured it out. It had something to do with, they were trying to get McGarry more involved and it was just clunky for a while. But the next year when McGarry was on the court before his suspension, uh, like Stauskas, GR three, Lavert, Derek Walton, Zach Irvin, McGarry was like peak Michigan powers. And that team was ridiculous. God,
1: Zach Irvin really ruins that team for
0: me but he was just in a sixth man sniper role. Like I know, had,
1: but he still just ruins it for me being on it.
0: They had a lot of iconic moments too. Like, I think if we're picking one out of these groups um, like you got to have some moments that are like, you know, what'd you do in the big moments? And Michigan that season had Stauskas, like he hit a buzzer beater basically from a step inside half court at Illinois and then turned to Illinois student section who all had like Canadian jokes for him and just like Mean mugged him he had the blow kisses Moment at Breslin He had a game winner at Cole Center like Stauskas was that Dude that year and it gave them an Extra element of that Um, But I think like if you if you took Your Michigan State team and The redacted year and made them Play a seven game series against Either one of those Michigan teams I think It goes seven and I think I'd give the edge to the Michigan teams There's one team that's not Michigan or Michigan state though, that I'm willing to put in the, in the conversation as maybe better than all of them. And I'm curious. What uh, guys I,
1: I actually think I have an answer that I unfortunately don't want to say, but I think they are the best team with results, right? With results. Ooh,
0: that, that's yeah. not who I'm going with then because
1: my team didn't have results. Uh, I'm going with Wisconsin. Okay. Talk me through it. They, I mean, they, they beat probably one of the greatest college basketball teams of all time. Kentucky. They fell in the national championship to a damn good unreal Duke team. But like that run for them was just special and Kaminsky and Decker and my original glue guy slash dog slash who I, there was a time I wanted to be in my life. I wanted to be Nigel Hayes really badly. I thought Nigel Hayes was a, was a dog. That was a really damn good basketball team. And I don't think you can argue with the fact that they made that run in the tournament and beat, gave that only Kentucky team, Kentucky team that consisted of Carl Anthony Towns, Devin Booker, all these guys, their first loss of the season when no one gave them a chance either. So, I I mean, I don't think you could argue with that team's results. But at the same time, if you want to put that team against Michigan State's redacted team, I think I'm taking Michigan State in six or or five.
0: If you put that Wisconsin team up in a seven-game series against either of the Michigan teams or the Michigan State team we're talking, I'm taking both in five or six. Um, Yeah. Like, this team, love them. Kaminsky was insane. Decker was really fun. Uh, I enjoyed Bronson Koenig to an extent. Nigel Hayes was fun for a while. Josh Gasser was not. Like Josh, Josh Gasser was the fifth leading scorer on this team. He started 40 games. Josh Gasser, like that, that. I'm sorry, that should disqualify you from this equation. If Josh Gasser was that important to your team, um, I the one I was going to go with did not have results. If they did have results, I think this would be a no brainer runaway. This is the best team. It's Tom Crean's Indiana team, and I think if we if we Judge it by the seven game series thing. Truthfully, I think I would take the Zeller, Oladipo, Yogi Farrell, Jordan Halls, Christian Watford, Will Sheehy six. Yeah. I think I'm taking that in a seven. I even over my Michigan teams. Look, they played my Michigan teams. Those teams overlapped, and Indiana won in Ann Arbor to win the Big Ten that season. They lost to a Syracuse zone in the tournament, which will always haunt me because I, I think I picked Indiana to win it all that year. But, um, for my money, man. I mean, like, think about how good Victor Oladipo was. He was so good. He, he was, was the, bro, he was so much fun to watch. It's so fun. He was the runner-up for National Player of the Year. I think he was the second best player on that team. Like, that's crazy. Like, Cody Zeller was that good, and Oladipo was also – like, they had two guys who should have been first-team All-Americans. Jordan Halls is one of the best, most fun, just pure shooters there's ever been. Uh, Christian Wafford, incredibly fun and had a big moment of his own. Yogi Ferrell was like blossoming from like this fun little recruit to like, he's going to kill the big 10 for three years. Like everything about that team was fun. They were chippy. Uh, if that dunk Depot had against Michigan had gone down, we would never, ever talk about anything else. And yeah, I think at their peak powers, like they ran so well in transition, they shot so well. I just don't know how you beat that team.
1: Yeah. I think I'm, I think we're aligned on that one. I'm with you. That team was disgusting. And will she, he being the, the sixth man was just the, the cherry on top.
0: It was perfect. And then they had that one dude who had like a buzz cut and tattoos who never got off the bench, but he like, I think it was like Derek Elston. He was like their 11th guy, but everything about him was like built in a lab for me to like. Cause he was the perfect <laughs> 11th guy. The only thing I feel like we're not giving enough love here at all to any of the Purdue teams. Cause you could but, you could have you could have picked the Hummel era. You could have picked Carson Edwards era. Was
1: era. was was hum, Hummel was like two thousand nine though, wasn't it? Or was that actually, we're writing like,
0: off that? We're saying that was too early.
1: I think uh, that's the reason I did, but okay. it might not be like if we're if we did go back that far. Like I think I would want to put like those teams with Jawan Johnson, Etuan Moore,
0: um, yeah. Let's so, say we we're team. not allowed to though. So would would you would you put the Carson Edwards team or the Jaden Ivy team or the Zach Eady team in this conversation or no?
1: I would put the Jaden Ivy team in there. I think over the Carson Edwards team just because of the pieces around car. Like who's the center on that car? Those Carson Edwards teams, Arms, I believe.
0: Was it? Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. He had, yeah, I think he had some Haas overlap and then some Harms.
1: Yeah, I just didn't rock with those two dudes.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not great. But you talk about Gasser, like when you say Haas or Harms. Ugh. Those guys had good years, at least though. Um, Haas did Harms. I don't know, but yeah, yeah. but like hard. the version
1: of Stefanovic that Carson Edwards had. Love and, and who uh, was what was his name? Uh... Number 14, hit the hit uh Klein with the Klein? Klein. Ryan Klein,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, Tyler he, Klein's
0: brother, NFL brother, by the way.
1: Uh oh, that fact. Like I, I did love those Purdue teams. Or no, I'm um, sorry.
0: I'm confusing him, totally confusing him with uh Grady Eifert. Tyler Eifert <laughs> was his brother. Grady Eifert oh, was a Purdue player. That's my bad. Geez. Ryan Klein does not have an NFL brother.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you had me convinced. You could have rolled with it, but <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I think I would I think I would go with the Jay and Ivey teams though.
0: Okay. So I, if that's the team we're picking from Purdue, then I would say they don't belong in this conversation. I would put the Jaden ivey Purdue teams in with the I O Kofi Illinois teams, good teams, not great teams.
1: So you rather you rather put in the Edie teams then?
0: Well, that's my answer for who who belongs in this from Purdue. It's this next season's Purdue team. I'm telling you right now. I want to. I'll go on record. I'll call my shot at the end of this season. National Player of the Year twice in a row. Zach Edie mixed with the sophomore guards that I think are going to take a huge step. I think this team becomes a top four team in the big Ten's last 15 years at the end of the season. Wow. That's quite the statement. It's quite a statement. I'm willing to like, God forbid if they just flop, like there'd be a lot of receipts on me, a lot of pitchforks. out. Uh, are there
1: any concerns with the release of the photos of uh Fletcher lawyer looking like he didn't touch anything this summer?
0: Yeah. So I'd like to address this. Uh, I'd like to address this as a guy who also was terrified of the weight room for the first 16 years of my existence into really 20 years of my existence. Um, as long as you know, you got it without the weights. I'm okay with it. I'm okay. I like what I have liked to seen. A picture of Fletcher Lawyer in the background. His biceps look a little bigger, a little more work width to him. Yes, absolutely. Would have loved that. Uh, I care much more about what he's shooting from three. That's what I care about. And lifting can throw off the three, by the way. That that can be an issue. Like Also, it's a whole different shot when you can bench 40 pounds more than you did in the fall. So I, uh, I reserve judgment. Don't love it. But reserving judgment.
1: I'm I'm very concerned. You're very concerned. <laughs> I'm very, I am, I'm extremely concerned because I think a lot of lawyers issues and walls that he hit, uh, coming into last year were because of injuries. And I think if you're stronger, more durable bodies, more adept to things like that, I think you can prevent some injuries like that a
0: little bit more. Is this a lawyer family issue? Is this a little too much Clarkston privilege? I don't need to work for what I want. I didn't say it. I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. I don't know. Brian Waddell looks great. Same he in.
1: probably. I, I. I do picture like lawyer went to go to bench press, and then out of nowhere, Dane Fife like ascended from the ceiling and put the bench bar down. And said, "No, you're a lawyer. You're yeah, a Clarkson it. Wolf. Go, leave Flet- the weight room.
0: Fletcher, come with me. We must assess Republican candidates." <laughs> <laughs> um, all right uh we didn't mention for one second here we did not talk about iowa at all do any of the iowa teams i mean they had the, the names that basketball jones threw at us were crazy national player of the year twice in a row garza two murray brothers everybody else like pat mccaffrey's good all these dudes are good but, Does it matter.
1: we we can't we can't factor him in because fran didn't
0: Just didn't accomplish. You get there has to be some
1: accomplishment here for this to be. You have to put family aside sometimes for the greater good. He did not put family aside.
0: It's, (laughs) I would argue, it's more impressive that Fran built that roster at Iowa, though, than anything else any of these other teams did. I think that the two most impressive accomplishments here are Wisconsin beating that 38 and 0 Kentucky team. And Fran getting Luca Garza to Murray's and, and uh, uh, all the shooters, Wieskamp. Uh, what's his name? The kid that went to Kentucky, CJ Frederick, all these dudes. He got those dudes on a roster in Iowa City. That's more impressive than losing in the first round, like a As, bunch of these other teams did. I definitely respect that. Yeah, crazy. Could have done more. All right, so our definitive answer, do we agree with Sleeper's sign-off here that uh, – the sorry, my camera's all messed up. Definitive answer: the best Big Ten team in the last fifteen years. We're going Oladipo Zeller Indiana. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, I feel good about that. Yeah, I think it's a fun answer. Kind of it's not. I feel, like, not I feel like you don't feel good about it. I it's I, I don't know. Like it's just I wish any of these teams did anything in March. Like that's why it's it's kind of leads me back to Wisconsin or one of the Michigan teams that made it that far, you know, like,
1: yeah, I I don't know. I still feel good about that team was just nasty.
0: Yeah. Okay. If it was a seven game series, I do. I think that Indiana team tops. Okay. Final segment of the day. Oh,
1: my bad. Didn't see you there. You've been finding the void in your life, something that you need a sense of community, a sense of want, a sense of being there. What better place than to join the Sleepers Media Discord where we have a community, we have discussions, we have engagements, and we have betting advice in there. For anyone who wants to get into that betting world, we are more than happy to be your betting Obi-Wan Kenobi and lead you to the greatness of maybe greener pastures and more money. But for the small price of $9.99, if you join on the web, don't join on mobile, join on the web, you can join Sleepers Media Discord and you can have the safety and the beauty of being able to talk to me and Greg at any time you want. And we are active in the discord. So I don't know what you're waiting for. Join the discord sleepers media, 999 on the web.
0: Do it now. Who's the best villain in college basketball using the term best because we like villains here. We, we enjoy villains. We've had some relationships with some villains. And uh, this is a, a, a question that's come up in the discord. Uh, I actually want to give a, a shout out to somebody uh, who was asking for a segment on villains and scrolling through if I can, find, I don't know. I'll find it in just a moment. But anyways, point is, uh, I want to talk about this upcoming season, not the last 10 years. Cause I think we've named a lot of the big names in the last 10 years already. Who do you think will be the best villain this year? And is it someone who already is a villain or becomes a villain for some reason in college basketball this year? Hmm.
1: So as I thought about this, I automatically went to the default villain setting and you pick the tall white player from Duke uh, and you go with the easy answer. It's, it's flip. I think flip could be college basketball's biggest villain this year. Um, I think that he'll have won the game, the stats to back it up and also just everything surrounding Duke, I think, this makes it natural for them to be a villain. But I also just had one come to come to me right now just a second ago, and I know you're not going to like it, oh, but boy. I have a theory here and I haven't worked it out yet. But I'm definitely going to formulate some more opinions on this moving forward. But this is the initial thought process here. Caleb Love becomes the biggest villain in college basketball this season. And in his, in his in his redemption arc, he becomes the biggest villain because everybody hates Caleb Love right now. You can't, there's a very few people who out there pull for Caleb love. And in every place that he goes, he's going to be a hated player. That's how he is going to be. And I think part of his redemption arc that he could have this season as a player, will have a little bit of a villain to him. Like he's hitting these big shots. He's doing this thing and he's letting the crowd know about it. And Arizona's a good basketball team and he plays good basketball. So there's a world where I think Caleb love turns into a villain this college basketball season.
0: Uh, yeah, I had him on my list. I have four names on my list. I don't hate the concept of Caleb Love being a villain because he is a villain. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know why you're expecting. I wouldn't like that. I love that. I think it's because well, I, I brought
1: up, I think I brought up Doug McDaniel being a villain or like Terrence Reed being a villain. You're like, no, those guys are too
0: nice. No, you can't be, you can't be a villain. If you're a five, eight, four-star recruit, like that's just impossible. Like Caleb Love is a,
1: a six, three, five-star.
0: Right. That's a villain archetype. Are oh, we have, oh, are we oh, 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 you're saying,
1: villains? I'm sorry. You're saying you can't be like middle. Okay, got well, Like you.
0: if you're, if you're a guy that people slept on, that's like way smaller than everyone you play against. Like, how is that even a villain? You have, you have to have some element. Like that guy just plays for a team. You don't like, that's all that right. is. Like yeah, he's just a pipsqueak. Cassius Winston wasn't a villain. He was just a good player on a team. I didn't like, that's all it is. Like, uh, yeah, I think Caleb. Caleb's one of my four names. Uh, he, In order for him to be the best villain in college basketball, Arizona would need to be really good, and he would need to be like first-team All-American good. If that happens, okay. it could happen. Uh, I think Flip is another good answer. He threw that out. Uh, I, For obvious reasons, if you're the face of Duke and you're that face in particular, you'd have a good chance of being a villain. That's just Duke history. He knows that he'll own that. Uh, I have two that I think would surprise you, though. First one, I think we could see a Donovan Klingon villain turn this year. And uh, it pains me to say this because I like Klingon, And I think in general, he has a nice little personality. Uh, I love the fact that he's hosting Cooper Flag on visits right now. And apparently Klingon's mom and Cooper Flag's mom played in college together. That's a connection I didn't expect. Like there's a world where Cooper Flag goes to the UConn and they become like this awesome, nasty, chippy team. Yeah. But here's what I know. I got to interview Donovan Klingon at the final four after their win in the semis. And uh, I just somehow find myself in the locker room with a microphone doing some stuff for the field of 68. And I'm like, I'm going to interview Donovan. So Doster's like holding the phone, recording this. And the question I wanted to ask him is uh, I like, <laughs> he's very demonstrative. I don't think you pick this up on TV because they don't show it a ton, but, In a game, he's one of the premier get a bucket and let you know I got a bucket on your head, guys. And like he was like pointing at opposing fans. He was talking to Miami's bench. Like there were a lot of moments of like this dude is chippy and nobody realizes it yet. So I forget how I phrased it to him, but I think I was just like. All season long, you've been at the top of uh, my shit talkers list. Like, where does that come from? And he kind of like laughed and was just like, I get that shit from my family. Like, I'm wired like that. And I was like, oh, like, no, nah, he's, he's got this. So I think a team where Klingon is the best player on it, if UConn's really good, I think you're going to see a whole new side of Klingon where he's like, and he can back it up. So it's a good thing. But he's this crazy shit talker and has a personality to him. Um, I would be rooting for that villain turn if that happens, honestly. I think it'd be fun for college basketball if Donovan Klingon was a villain this year.
1: I like that shot right there. It'd be a lot of fun. Can I guess your last one? Please. I don't think you're gonna get it. Is it from our is it from Creighton?
0: No. Okay, I don't know. Were you thinking Baylor? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> I sent this to Carr in the Discord the other day. I think we nailed our team. We said Creighton's our team this year. I think we nailed it because Baylor Shireman has a buzz cut, some forearm tats, and a headband now. Yeah,
1: we're we're <laughs> come, my Creighton future bet is feeling amazing right now.
0: Meanwhile, Trey Alexander's cramming on three dudes' heads and retweeting the video. Like I we are in a great spot. I'm glad we got ahead of it before everybody else did. But uh no, my final villain turn, it's actually tied to Caleb Love. I think Armando Bacot could become the villain of college basketball this year. And here's why What if we were all wrong about North Carolina? What if I've been saying for years that it's all Caleb loves fault and that when he departs, everything is going to be rainbows and unicorns because Armando Bacot's really good. And this guy's a toxic personality. What if that's just wrong? It could be. What if the toxic guy wasn't Caleb? What what if everybody else in the locker room is the problem? What if the guy who photoshops his biceps into SpongeBob arms and just sticks around setting empty stat records is around? Like, I think he could be the problem here. I really do. And if, uh, if North Carolina isn't just like magically good because Caleb Love left, there's going to be a lot of eyes on, wait, why is this team still bad? And the eyes are going to turn to Armando, and uh, right now I think Armando is remembered very fondly in North Carolina lore because of his just production, his stats. But God forbid, if North Carolina's bad this year, I think people are going to turn on Armando. And if people turn on Armando, I think Armando turns on everyone. And we see a villain side for who he, re- like right now, he's a villain who might be hiding in plain sight in three months. I think he won't be hiding anymore. That's my theory. I like
1: all four of those shouts by you. Um, okay. Hunter Dickinson's not gonna be happy we left him off the list.
0: You can't be a villain if you try to be a villain. It is what it is. Like you can play the role. Like, if we need to cast someone to be Donovan Klingon, Hunter Dickinson would be my first call. To, to cast. <laughs> to
1: to be Donovan Klingon's stunt double.
0: Like, hey, I'm making a documentary. It's like the like the Lakers show, whatever it is, Showtime. Like. hey. Time. Winning Time. Hey, we're making a college version of Winning Time and we need someone to play Donovan Klingon, who's someone who like vaguely looks like him and can give us like 80% of what Klingon can. Oh, Hunter, perfect call. I know you're available, you need work, you like money. It's a perfect <laughs> fit. It's a perfect fit. All right, good show today. <laughs> ah, man. Should we do your word of the day first or you want to do one big thing?
1: Uh, i like to do one big thing first.
0: Okay. What's your one big thing presented by Bigby?
1: Uh, my one big thing today and I'm I'm I it's more of a I want to advocate for something okay Lululemon the brand for anyone out there who knows it uh very high quality high price uh brand I will say um so as much as I want to buy a lot of Lululemon I can't just because I simply can't afford it but or but, uh, yeah I mean when it comes to Lululemon it's it being poor is okay um but I will say this I made the leap of faith, and I bought the three-pack of Lululemon boxer briefs, and let me tell you, I don't know if I can wear any other pairs of underwear anymore. This three-set of underwear boxer briefs is the best thing that has honestly happened to my body in a very, very long time. I mean, my wagon is secure. My Johnson is supported. It is a great pair of underwear if you don't believe me just go out and splurge and spend a little money buy that expensive pair of underwear it'll be amazing go do it i promise you you won't regret
0: it i love lululemon i've never disagreed with a one big thing more than this though i uh i am not in support of you discussing your wagon your johnson or your willingness to be poor on this program Okay, That's what's up? I just like, I didn't know. I didn't know I was podcasting with someone who identifies as poor. I mean,
1: Lululemon is a different, different level, man. I mean, I the the three pack of boxers was like 80 bucks.
0: Yeah. Um... <laughs> I don't know what you want me to say, man. Smells poor. <laughs> smells poor. Smells poor. I don't know what you want me to say. I That's not the brand. That's not what we've built. That's not, I mean, that's not why we're charging for a Discord now, my friend. Buy yourself a pair of Lulus. All Sorry. right. Uh, my my one big thing presented by Bigby today. Uh, I, I'll go. Can I go sentimental route? I haven't gone sentimental route in a while. Yeah, please. Sure, I'll go sentimental. Uh, I want to just say on record, I think for the first time I've ever really verbalized this. I just want to say I really love being a dad. It's like the greatest. And I'd I'd like to just talk for like 30 seconds about it. So my daughter right now is like just this week. She's starting to laugh and not like giggle. Like giggles have been a thing for like a month and a half. Like she recognizes the face. She smiles when you wake her up, all that. And just like a little like little laughy little noise. She is now twice this week laughed like hard laugh. And it is the most pure, precious thing I've ever witnessed in my life. One time was when I was holding her. I was home alone with her. And she just like burst out laughing. And then I laughed naturally because I was like, what are you doing? And it made her double and triple down on her laughs. Incredible. And then uh, the cuter one was last night. She was getting a bath at night. Her mom gives her a bath every night. And our dog goes in there because he wants to just like be around her at all times. And she like looked down and made eye contact with him and just started cracking up laughing. Like she now recognizes our dog's face and loves him and laughs. So most pure, cute thing ever. Uh, I'm like having a blast. She woke up at five this morning, which sucked because she normally sleeps really well. But um, like, I just like, I've decided this is the most fun thing. Like I like other things. I like podcasting and I like betting and other things. Uh, this is by far the most fun thing. Being a dad is great, man. Wow.
1: I love this. I love this fatherhood journey for you. Thank you. I Also, love that Mal figured out how to send stickers of Murph on iMessages. Best thing that's happened to the group chat too.
0: Yeah, I still don't get the stickers thing, but
1: it's 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 great. By the way, and we'd be remiss if we didn't also say shout out to shout out to Riley, who is currently a a father as of last as of Saturday. What
0: I didn't know it? if we were allowed to break this news. Honestly, oh, are we not? Oh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, ah, he didn't post about it, did he? I don't know.
1: All right, you might edit this out. He said, but... he said
0: some private text, but... Damn it,
1: sorry. Okay, edit this out.
0: It's okay. It's Shout out to him. I don't think he'll have a problem with it. Okay, sorry, Riley. He might have a problem with it. He yeah, does he probably will. Show. Okay, will. yeah, we'll, we'll edit it out. Okay, thank uh, you. Let's do your word of the day. <laughs> guess it. Uh, I have three written down, and I think all three are wrong. But I, I made the effort to write it down today. I'll
1: give you three guesses, because I don't think you got it.
0: My first guess is counteract. No. My second guess is individually. No. My third guess is peak. No. What was it? Advocate. Yeah. Damn. I didn't feel great. I didn't feel great about those 3, but I did write them down. All right. Shit. I'm only a 40% shooter in this game now. Yeah, you you got some you got some big days coming up. Dropping like flies, man. What I said 35. I said I'd be better than 35. I'm still clinging to that. I got to nail one of the next two to feel all right close the week out on a good note uh tomorrow we're gonna have another guys guys he's working on a list uh i don't want to reveal what the list is but i'm excited about it another list of guys guys and uh i think we're gonna do some other sport we're gonna preview the lions game tomorrow we'll do some Ryder cup stuff probably too so stay tuned sleepers uh click the link in the description to join the discord again a couple more people joined yesterday it's growing we're having fun over there we're just being a wholesome community quite frankly like on that note Uh, Ryan, the lion had a big exam. He was studying for just a lot of moral support for Ryan. The lion sounds like his exam went, okay. It wasn't ideal, but he would take it for as lost as he was A 79%. So shout out to Ryan, the lion grinding his way through things. Shout out to everybody in the stay low and build channel. We're talking healthy habits. How can we all lose some weight? What are our target goals? And we're just kind of growing as a community. And I appreciate that. There's good vibes. So join it. If you want to be in a group of like-minded people who love sports and love humor and love their lives, you can join it. All right. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.